Welcome to episode 156 of the Truth Quest podcast, The Truth About June 2021. Before we get started, I want to ask you to do me a favor and share the show. If you're on social media and topics such as the Senate filibuster, modern monetary theory, local politics, leftist lunacy, or, or critical race theory comes up, please share the topic-specific TruthQuest episode with your debate partner. Episodes are available on a host of platforms, including iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, BitChute, Brighteon, ThinkSpot, Rumble, and Instagram, where I post a short highlight of each show at instagram.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Whatever platform you may be listening to this on, please take a moment and give it a five-star rating, leave a positive review, or hit the like button. Another way you can help grow the show is to throw a small donation my way at the TruthQuest podcast patronage page. All donations will be used to drive awareness of the podcast through online advertising. See this episode's show notes page at truthquest.podbean.com for details. And finally, please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast. Well, the month started out with the Fauci emails. The FOIA request, Freedom of Information Act request, resulted in thousands of Fauci's emails going back to early 2020. They revealed a lot of stuff that many of us suspected for well over a year. That Dr. Anthony Fauci is a sleazy, narcissistic career bureaucrat. He's an opportunist, a fraud, a serial liar, a perjurer, and likely a co-conspirator that funded gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab that led to the COVID-19 outbreak and the deaths of millions of people around the world. He told the public one thing while working furiously on damage control and narrative shaping as the COVID-19 pandemic unfolded. Fauci's emails collectively show that from the beginning, he was worried that the public might conclude that COVID had originated in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The emails also revealed that Fauci was informed of the success of hydrochloroquine early in 2020, but he lied to the public instead, despite the science. One email from Dr. Peter Dasak, president of Echo Health Alliance, a group that has extensive ties to the Wuhan lab gain-of-function research, sent an email to Fauci on April 18, 2020, roughly six weeks after the outbreak had taken hold, in which he thanked Fauci for publicly dismissing the lab leak theory early on in the pandemic. As the month progressed, we learned how compromised and likely what a crook this Dasak character was when it comes to the whole COVID-19 episode. In another email, Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of Facebook, pitched collaboration with Fauci. In the actual output from the Freedom of Information Act, the feds redacted much of this particular email due to protection of, quote, trade secrets. The email discussed censorship on Facebook around things like vaccine hesitancy, questioning masks, lockdowns, and hydrochloroquine, all of which occurred on Facebook and Twitter. Can anyone say collusion? At one point during the month, Fauci proclaimed that if you disagree with him, you disagree with science and truth. Can anyone say God complex? I mean, this dude is a sociopath. And he still has a job as the highest paid federal employee rather than rotting in a prison cell on several million charges of voluntary manslaughter. In addition to the fake news exposed by Fauci's emails, we had more. Turns out Trump was right. About what, you ask? Well, how about, as I just mentioned, the effectiveness of hydrochloroquine, which, if used with azithromycin, boosted survival of ventilated COVID-19 patients by 200%. 
This according to another study that was published this past month. But since Trump was the one talking about this hydrochloroquine, the alphabet soup conspiracy media had to downplay it, ridicule it, and censor people who talked about it. And people died because of their malfeasance and willful negligence. Do you remember the censorship of the white coat doctors that held a press conference at the White House advocating for the use of hydrochloroquine? The video was taken down from YouTube, blocked on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You had to go to Parler, Rumble, Gab, or BitChute to watch it. These people are evil. What else can you conclude? Oh, and the Alphabet Soup conspiracy media also lied to you about Trump having the so-called peaceful protesters tear-gassed in Lafayette Park so he could have a photo op at St. John's Church. See what I mean about being evil? What else would explain purposely lying about something and then repeating it over and over and over again? This is either a mental illness or evil or both. What other fake news was uncovered in June that Trump was right about? Well, and of all places, Vanity Fair published an expose detailing the cover-up of the Wuhan lab leak theory. I wrote this on Facebook after reading the article. How many people are dead, divorced, depressed? How many people committed suicide? How many children's educations and psyche have been permanently impacted? How many businesses went bankrupt? All because bureaucrats, politicians, and big tech lied, covered up, and refused to allow opposing views to be presented. To all my Kool-Aid drinking, head-in-the-sand friends, read this article at your own peril. And of course, I was referring to that Vanity Fair article. And if all that wasn't enough to push you over the edge, several scientists admitted during the month of having misled the country for more than a year by covering up their belief that the coronavirus lab leak theory was accurate. Why, you ask, would they cover it up? Well, for fear of being associated with Trump, who, of course, constantly beat the lab leak war drum. This is stunning news. As Breitbart correctly surmised, these people are moral cowards who call themselves scientists. Quote, Worse still, they covered up a truth because telling that truth would align them with the political right which informs us that any scientific truth that validates a belief held by the right could very well be withheld, end quote. During the month of June, President Biden made a couple comments about the greatest threats to America. For him, it depends on the day. Early in the month, it was white supremacy. Then later in the month, it was global warming. These comments led me to think about some of the Democratic leaders over the recent history and what they thought the greatest threats to America were. Let's run through some of these real quick. How about Attorney General Merrick, I was almost a Supreme Court Justice Garland. Well, he echoes Joe's sentiments about white supremacy. What about Obama? Well, it depends on the year. Climate change, guns, and or Russia. But note, the Russia suggestion came years after he ridiculed Romney for suggesting the same. How about Maxine Waters? Well, of course, Trump was the greatest threat. Nancy Pelosi? Clearly honesty. I don't think she ever said that out loud, but I'm pretty sure she thinks it. How about Chuck Schumer? Well, of course, voter integrity laws are the greatest threat to America. How about Dr. Fauci? The Delta variant. And Hillary? Oh, the alt-right, of course. And what about VP Kamala? Well, much like Obama, it's ever-evolving. Domestic terrorists manifested by white supremacists was what she said once. And then she goes into racial injustice or climate change. Personally, I think the greatest threat to America is the National Democrats, who are incapable of letting America be America. 
always tearing down, always dividing, always generating faux controversies and faux scandals, always looking for ways to limit freedom and liberty, always pushing for more and more government control. Maybe some of the greatest threats to America, besides, you know, white supremacy and global warming, maybe bioweapons, China, Russia, the collapsing U.S. dollar, the electric grid. How about hackers taking down a gas pipeline like happened last month? Or terrorists flying planes into buildings or domestic terror organizations like BLM and Antifa? Facebook announced that it suspended former President Donald Trump from its platform for two more years. The company said in part, quote, Given the gravity of the circumstances that led to Mr. Trump's suspension, we believe his actions constituted a severe violation of our rules, which merit the highest penalty available under the new enforcement protocols, end quote. When two years elapse, Facebook plans to re-review with their experts whether the, quote, risk to public safety has receded, end quote. You and I both know what their decision will be in two years. This is, this is just another example of the collusion between the National Democrats and big tech. They hate half the country with a passion because they voted for Trump, and they will stop at nothing to make sure he does not have access to the mainstream communication channels. Speaking of Trump, he held one of his infamous rallies in Wellington, Ohio in June. His rally racked up over 2 million views on Right Side Broadcasting Network and Rumble in just a few hours, dwarfing the online interest in videos posted by resident Biden, which typically has about 1,500 to 2,000 views. But we are led to believe that Biden received the most votes in the history of the country. Yeah, sure. Trump spent most of the speech trashing Biden and his policies, which is about as easy as hitting a ball off a tee. But what else is he supposed to do? Biden is a memory-impaired victim of elder abuse who assumed office under the auspices of a series of events of voting improprieties, irregularities, and illegalities. Forensic audits will be conducted in many jurisdictions over the next year, the first of which is wrapping up now in Maricopa County, Arizona. When it's all said and done, I believe there will be enough evidence to demonstrate that, at the very least, the winner of some of these states is unknowable. Or there will be an overwhelming evidence that the cascade of suspect ballots that conveniently appeared in several large counties and battleground states were enough to push Biden's vote count to his slim margin of victory. It's really too bad that the National Republicans act like a bunch of neutered dogs who are apparently beaten as puppies, and thus afraid of their own shadow, unwilling to stand up for what is right. Or perhaps they are just as corrupt as the National Democrats. After all, they share the same donors and it takes balls to do the right thing. Why rock the boat? Come to find out, when you read all the indictments brought against trespassers at the Capitol on January 6th of this year, there are a whole hell of a lot of unnamed sources and co-conspirators who appear to play a critical role in the event. Come to find out, the FBI had a number of infiltrators within the three groups that were identified as planning and executing a supposed insurrection at the Capitol. Those being the Proud Boys, the Three Percenters, and the Oath Keepers. On the surface, you might praise the FBI for their good police work, but you'd be wrong. As the facts continue to roll in, it has become clearer that January 6th was not the result of an intelligence failure by the FBI like the alphabet soup conspiracy media tells you. Rather, January 6th appears to be more likely the result of an intelligence setup. When you look at the people still held in jail just for being present that day, when you look at the grandmother who was recently sentenced for entering the Capitol through doors that were opened by the Capitol Hill police and taking a selfie inside that building, and you look and see that yet none of the leaders of these constantly demonized groups, Three Percenters, Proud Boys, Oath Keepers, 
None of them are ever prosecuted. You gotta know something fishy's going on there. I have a feeling future month in review episodes here at the Truth Quest podcast are gonna be packed full of updates on this story. Early in the month, Kamala Harris went to Guatemala, avoiding the U.S.-Mexico border. You know, the border of the country in which she's the VPN. In what can only be described as further evidence of her divorce from reality and truth, she told Lester Holt during an interview that she's been to the border. Quote, I've been to the border. He said something like, you haven't been to the U.S.-Mexico border. She replied in an, after an uncomfortable pregnant pause, well, I haven't been to Europe either. If you want to understand how truly despicable this woman is, listen to episode 111, The Truth About Kamala Harris. Well, three weeks later, and only several days after President Trump announced that he was going to the border, and 93 days after she was put in charge of the border crisis that wasn't a crisis before it was, Kamala decided to head to Texas. According to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection numbers, around a half million illegal immigrants have crossed the southern border since Kamala Harris was named the Border Czar. Make no mistake, her timing was perfect. Since they already allowed, what, a million or more illegals into the country since inauguration? They are already here. The next step is to give them amnesty and voting rights. Mission accomplished. So when she went to Texas, she didn't really go to the border. She went to El Paso, and it was pure political theater. Not only was she nine miles from the border, she did not visit the border. She did not meet with border patrol agents. She did not meet with ranchers who live on the border. Instead, she met with open border activists and took pictures at the airport. So it turns out all the talk from national Democrats about systemic racism is bullshit. How do I know that? Well, because actions speak louder than words. Or in this case, silence and non-action speaks louder than words. See, Hunter Biden's laptop Man, it just continues to produce a plethora of damning information about both he and his father. But since the alphabet soup conspiracy media is in bed with the National Democrats, you won't hear it mentioned there. Come to find out, Hunter enjoys throwing around the N-word. Text messages reveal that in December 2018, in a conversation with his white $845 per hour lawyer, George Misers, Hunter used the N-word multiple times. At one point, Hunter asked Misers, How much money do I owe you? Because, N-word, you better not be charging me Hennessy rates. So think back to the Trump presidency, where the media endlessly reported rumors about Trump using the N-word while filming his TV show The Apprentice, even though there was no proof of these comments at all. Meanwhile, these text messages from Hunter Biden are clear as day. They, They receive little or no press coverage. It's media malpractice at its height. This sick bastard, Hunter Biden, also kept a picture on his laptop of President Biden and President Obama embracing. The meme text reads, Obama, I'm going to miss you, man. Joe, can I say it just this once? Obama, sighing, go ahead. Joe, you my N-word, Barack. Where is the outrage from the alphabet soup conspiracy media? I mean, do you remember former Congressman Stephen King? How about TV personality Paula Dean, who never even said the word, just admitted she probably did sometime in the past? Or do you remember comedian Michael Richards, who played Kramer on Seinfeld? Do you remember what happened to him? Or how about country music star Morgan Wallen? Or Chris Harris, the Bachelorette host? Then consider the treatment of Democrats who behave badly in a similar vein. Democratic Governor of Virginia Ralph Northam's blackface incident. Or the late West Virginia Senator Robert Byrd's association with the KKK. 
or Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, or Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. Or let's take it back a bit in, in time. How about Democratic Alabama Governor George Wallace, the KKK, Jim Crow laws, Woodrow Wilson? Why the disparate treatment? I mean, if the N-word is off limits, if racism is bad, shouldn't it be off limits and considered worthy of public scorn for everyone, not just non-liberals? Back to Hunter Biden's behavior. This may explain why President Biden thinks the country is systemically racist. I mean, think about it. If you're surrounded by people who think and talk like his son, who could blame him? Well, the COVID vaccine trial continued in June with the CDC's Vaccine Adverse Reaction System, VAERS, racking up more and more instances of harm caused by the vaccine. As discussed in episode 154, The Truth About May 2021, everyone taking the COVID vaccine is an unknowing participant in a drug trial. We have continued instances of heart inflammation from the Pfizer and Moderna jabs, forcing the FDA to reluctantly issue a warning. The CDC reports 750 deaths of fully vaccinated people and just over 3,500 hospitalizations. As a matter of fact, we have more deaths and adverse impacts reported about the COVID vaccine than all other vaccines combined. But why is that? Well, because we are participating in a real-life vaccine trial. Usually trials are run overseas, often in India, where the drug companies work out the kinks while killing and maiming citizens of that country. It's not enough to expose the adult population to the vaccine and participate in a trial. Nope. Our government is now full court pressing parents to vaccinate their children despite the fact that the younger you are, the less likely you are to contract and carry the disease. But also death rates plummet the younger you are. So as you might expect, we have dead and permanently damaged children. So much so that the British have paused vaccinating their children, citing the need to wait for more data from America's experimentation with the COVID vaccine on their kids. Senator Ron Johnson held a panel discussion, including the mother of a 12-year-old who volunteered to take the vaccine. She went from a normal preteen to wheelchair-bound, requiring a feeding tube. Oh, and one more bit of COVID news that came out in June. We have studies being published indicating that if you have recovered from COVID, you will likely not benefit from the vaccine. So why all the strong-arming of the population to take the vaccine? Question. For those of you who only consume news from the alphabet soup conspiracy news, are you aware of any of this? Why in the hell should you be hearing this stuff for the first time from a part-time podcaster who simply monitors and reports the news? Texas Governor Greg Abbott announced that Texas would finish building the border wall started by Trump. In all fairness, constitutionally speaking, that's the way things are supposed to be here in America. The federal government has no constitutional mandate or permission to regulate immigration. However, when the feds offer welfare goodies to illegals and refuse to enforce their own, albeit unconstitutional, immigration laws, we get a flood of illegals that we have today. Just out of curiosity, how many of you know, in your whole sphere of influence, people who have either been murdered or committed suicide. The reason I ask such a strange question is another so-called enemy of the Clintons died an untimely death in June, adding to a long list of Clinton associates and foes who have encountered the same fate. Christopher Sign, the television anchor who broke the 2016 story that former President Bill Clinton secretly met with then-Attorney General Loretta Lynch while she was supposedly investigating Hillary Clinton's email scandal. 
Well, he died of an apparent suicide in June. Resident Biden went to the G7 meeting, then met with Putin, where Biden made sure the Russians got everything they needed, most notably an oil pipeline to Europe, something Trump worked hard to block. Putin also was able to skate out of there with no significant response to cyber attacks and with no real pushback against his aggression in Ukraine. After meeting privately with Putin, Biden refused to hold a joint press conference with the Russian leader. I don't really blame him, given his frail appearance and his inability to speak without notes or a teleprompter, without appearing angry and or creepily whispering into the microphone. In hindsight, it was a good call not to meet together because Putin was on fire. He criticized the United States and basically flipped off the media. He used the old Soviet tactic of pointing to America's problems as a way to deflect from questions about human rights and political opposition, such as he cited the Black Lives Matter movement as an example of human rights abuses in the United States. He knew no American journalist had the balls to object to that. During the month, the woke were reprimanded by two of their high priests, John Stewart and Bill Maher. Stewart appeared on Stephen Colbert's show. Here is part of what Stewart said, leaving Colbert stunned. Quote, oh my God, there's a novel respiratory coronavirus overtaking Wuhan, China. What do we do? Oh, you know who to ask? The Wuhan Novel Respiratory Coronavirus Lab. The disease is the same name as the lab. That's just a little too weird, don't you think? And then they asked those scientists, like, they're like, so wait a minute, you work at the Wuhan Respiratory Coronavirus Lab? How did this happen? Colbert then said that White House Chief Medical Advisor Dr. Anthony Fauci and NIH Director Dr. Francis Collins have said the lab leak theory should be investigated. Stewart responded, Stop with the logic and people and things. The name of the disease is on the building. Colbert then suggested that maybe the reason the lab is located in Wuhan is because there's a lot of novel coronaviruses in Wuhan due to the bat population. Stewart then hit this home run. Quote, it's a local specialty, and it's the only place to find bats. You won't find bats anywhere else? Oh, wait, Austin, Texas has thousands of them that fly out of a cave every night, every night at dusk. Is there a Austin coronavirus? No, there doesn't seem to be an Austin coronavirus. The only coronavirus we have is in Wuhan, where they have a lab called, what's the lab called again, Stephen? It was hilarious. You gotta look it up on YouTube. Bill Maher crushed political correctness, wokeness, and progressiveness in an epic monologue rant. Rather than read his words, I want to play an excerpt here. If you think America is more racist now than ever, more sexist than before women could vote, and more homophobic than when blowjobs were a felony, you have progressophobia and should adjust your mask because it's covering your eyes. You know, before... Before 2012, every time gay marriage was put before a state's voters, it lost. 35 times in a row. Now it's the law of the land in every state. Not that long ago, I knew people who went to prison for growing pot. And today you can legally smoke it for fun in 43% of the country, and I will. Even something like bullying, it still happens. But being outwardly cruel to people who are different is no longer acceptable. That's progress. And acknowledging progress isn't saying we're done or we don't need more. And being gloomier doesn't make you a better person. In 1958, only 4% of Americans approved of interracial marriage. Now, Gallup doesn't even bother asking. 
The last time they did in 2013, 87% approved. An overwhelming majority of Americans now say they want to live in a multiracial neighborhood. That is a sea change from when I was a kid. And yet there is a recurrent theme on the far left that things have never been worse. This is one of the big problems with wokeness, that what you say doesn't have to make sense or jibe with the facts or ever be challenged, lest the challenge itself be conflated with racism. But saying white power and privilege is at an all-time high is just ridiculous. Higher than a century ago, the year of the Tulsa race massacre, higher than the years when the KKK rode unchecked and Jim Crow went unchallenged, higher than during slavery, but seeing clearly is necessary for actually fixing problems. And clearly, racism is simply no longer everywhere. It's not in my home, and it probably isn't in yours. Because here's the thing, kids. There actually was a world before you got here. We date human events, A.D. and B.C., but we need a third marker for millennials and Gen Z. B.Y., before you. And this progressive allergy to acknowledging societal advances is self-defeating because progress and hope that we can achieve it is the product we're selling. And having a warped view of reality leads to policies that are warped. Black-only dorms and graduation ceremonies, a growing belief in whiteness as a malady and white people as irredeemable, giving up on a colorblind society, only if you believe we've made no progress does any of that make sense. I can name some things that actually are worse than they've ever been before, but where progress has been made, it's not a sin, and it's certainly not inaccurate to say, we've come a long way, baby. Not mission accomplished, just a long way. Officer Derek Shaw then was sentenced to more than 22 years in prison over George Floyd's death. See episode 107, The Truth About the Death of George Floyd, and episode 147, The Truth About the Trial of Derek Chauvin, for more on that. According to resident Biden, you shouldn't worry about the Democrats' gun grabs because you can never fight the feds. After all, they have F-15s and nuclear weapons. Thanks for pointing out the obvious, Joe. In the latest Defund the Police news, police resignations soar. According to the New York Times, a survey conducted by the Police Executive Research Forum of roughly 200 police departments revealed that retirements are up 45% and resignations rose by 18% in the year from April 2020 to April 2021 when compared to the previous 12 months. Turns out cops are rational human beings, and rational human beings don't work in hostile work environments, especially where the environment is ruled by mentally ill political officials who refuse to fund them properly, refuse to prosecute the criminals who they apprehend, and or those that attack the police themselves. Instead of being subjected to that, they find employment elsewhere. Oh, and in what can only be described as the most psychotic thing said by a public official during the month, in a press conference, Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said with a straight face that the Republicans were behind the defund the police movement because they refused to vote for one of Joe's spending bills that included a few dollars to police departments. This despite the fact that there are Hundreds, maybe maybe thousands of sound bites and videos that exist of elected Democrats and their voters calling for, advocating for, and sometimes rioting for the cause of defunding the police. In the latest demonstration of the dual justice system, 
one for well-connected Democrats and one for everyone else, Rudy Giuliani had his law license suspended by the New York State Bar, quote, for communicating demonstrably false and misleading statements to courts, lawmakers, and the public at large, end quote. You know how he screamed from the mountaintops about voting irregularities, improprieties, and illegalities regarding the 2020 election? All of which is true. There has been plenty of evidence of voter fraud, and once the forensic audits are completed, there will be much more. Tucker Carlson announced that an NSA whistleblower has stepped forward and provided evidence that the NSA, National Security Agency, has been spying on him. The whistleblower read to Tucker personal emails and text messages that Tucker himself sent. Carlson said, quote, the Biden administration is spying on us. We have confirmed that. The NSA denial read in part, quote, this allegation is untrue. Tucker Carlson has never been an, an intelligence target of the agency, and the NSA has never had any plans to take his program off the air. They went on to say that they are there to monitor foreign threats. Notice their denial did not deny collecting and reading his emails and texts. They simply said Tucker is not a target. Well, no shit, Sherlock. You guys illegally collect every piece of communications called metadata. The shit just sits on your servers waiting for someone to come along and read or listen to it. This is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard. These MFers collect all or most of America's electronic communication, and then when they investigate someone looking for a crime, like they've been doing to Trump for five years, they simply tap into the metadata of the individual and start scanning. As disgusted as I am with the NSA for doing this, what is more disgusting is that Congress doesn't defund these SOBs and subpoena their records and haul in every single one of those so-called public servants who have broken the law with illegal searches with lack of due process. This is one of the most disgusting things I've seen in American history, just shy of the Alien and Sedition Acts and slavery. The month ended with Bill Cosby being set free from prison. Jonathan Turley put it this way, quote, Bill Cosby is a free man after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned the conviction that sent him to jail roughly three years ago to serve three to ten years for sexual assault. The opinion correctly found that the trial judge and prosecutors denied Cosby a fair trial and due process in 2018, end quote. Turns out Cosby gave a deposition in a civil matter in return for guarantee of not being criminally charged. Well, the prosecutor reneged and prosecuted Cosby anyways. And that's the truth about June 2021. Please join the conversation on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash truthquestpodcast.